we get started, I'd like to remind everybody that we have opportunities. If you have any questions that come up this morning that you'd like to ask, uh, feel free to tweet those in. Uh, I think we've got those links. Uh, it's at, uh, at Rolling Hills Community Church, um, uh, Steve Horton at Rolling Hills Community Church, and, uh, and then or at RHCC for the Twitter handle. So feel free to jump in and, uh, and include those this morning. Today it's my pleasure to introduce a man that uh, for a lot of us needs no introduction. Um, Richard has been with Lee Company for about 17 years um, and, uh, and, and kind of started as a project engineer, worked his way up, and is now president and CEO of Lee Company. Uh, I think Richard would probably tell you uh, more than his uh, professional accomplishments, which, which are numerous, um, more important to his heart are his philanthropic kind of endeavors. Uh, not the least of which has been uh, role, or has been uh, Justice Mercy International in the past, which a lot of us know. Uh, has two uh, two uh, boys that he's that he's raising and spends a lot of time with them and a beautiful wife and uh, has been a um, just a big part of this community, um, not only through Lee Company but on a personal level as well. So, won't you join me in welcoming this morning, Mr. Richard Perko? Richard, thank you so much for being with us. This is fantastic. Uh, really appreciate you and excited about what God's been doing in your life and excited for the Men's Leadership Network. You know, we, we started about a year ago just saying, how do we address the needs of men? You know, there's so much stuff out there, but uh, what is it to be a godly man? What does it mean to be a spiritual leader in our home? What does it mean to be a spiritual leader as a, a husband or father, but also in, in our workplace? And uh, you have done that so well, and I just want to compliment you on that. So tell us a little bit about your family and kind of growing up. Tell us a little bit about your life. Well, thanks for having me. Yeah. Uh, I think I told you, I know you had your own talk show, but I'm glad <laughs> to be on it today. So. Um, I grew up uh, in Murray County, just south of here, and um, in a rural setting. Lived on a farm when I was younger and uh, pretty much had a kind of an idyllic uh, childhood growing up until probably when I was about 15. I had some major changes in my life. My parents got divorced, um, lost my best friend in a car accident. Um, things like that. It's also the time when I met my wife, my future wife, and uh, so that was just a big, big part of my life. Yeah. Um, but um, you know, middle class family. My father was—he uh, worked his way up from an assembly line job to be a plant manager for General Electric. Uh, my mother, similarly, was uh, kind of a secretary and then got into real estate and did well. So um, that's kind of my history through through my childhood and um, ended up going to the University of Memphis to get an engineering degree and that kind of started my career after that. So, mm, Yeah. Well, tell us about your career from there, you know, because we know you kind of as president of Lee Company, but tell us how did that all work out? Okay. Um, for some reason, I've always been in the air conditioning business. I mean, even in summers growing up, I, uh, I always had a job. My, my family has a strong work ethic and I would work summers uh, doing plumbing and HVAC and things like that. Mm -hmm. And so when I went to college, uh, I was going to be a mechanical engineer, but I, but I was headed down the same track as my father and going into a manufacturing um, role and um, answered an ad for a commercial technician uh, doing test and balance on the commercial side of HVAC in Memphis. And uh, I had to work my way through college because I didn't apply myself in high school. And so I actually worked, you know, while I was going to school and got all this practical knowledge uh, in, uh, in college. So when I graduated, um, I wanted to get back home. 
Uh, Lee Company was one of only two companies at the time that had their own engineers, and I wanted to get in the contracting side of business. And so the first resume I sent out was to Lee Company, and there's a whole God story behind that that wow. we don't have time for. But, um, but yeah, I started at Lee Company as an engineer, and, and then um, then I, I just always been open to continuous learning and taking on new opportunities. So I had an opportunity to to sell what I engineered and, and enjoyed getting out with clients. And so I started selling what I designed, and then there and then I had an opportunity. Uh, we had a project manager leave the company. He happened to be working on three of my projects, and so then I was like, well, just, you know, manage these jobs, and um, from that, uh, just the, came, the same kind of thing, I mean, I mean, God's been good to me, um, he's pursued me when I haven't pursued him, and he's opened doors when I wasn't looking for them, and um, so I just try to walk through those when they happen, and, and that's happened time and time again. Um, of course, in, in 2009, you know, I was made president. Uh, we got through the recession, and um, and that's that's really kind of the story. So, tell us. I mean, Lee Company has such a great reputation, Richard. Tell us a little bit about Lee Company and, and how many how many guys are there, and, and just how it all started. Yeah, I appreciate that. Um, I hear that a lot, and that, yeah. and that means a lot to us for sure. Um, we have a th over a thousand employees. We just mm -hmm. we just set that benchmark a few weeks ago, and. Um, primarily in three states, but we have worked all over the country. We've built hospitals and manufacturing facilities in um, about 35 states and Mexico over the years. Um, but, you know, start out very humbly. We, we started business in 1944. Bill Lee's uh, grandfather started uh, the business out of the back of his car, uh, really repairing milk coolers and, and things like that after World War II. And, um, I remember being in Memphis when I was investigating Lee Company and just hearing about the culture, even back then. That's been 20 years. This will be my 20th year. Um, even back then, um, about the culture of the company. So I do think everything rises and falls on leadership. And, and even though you know Bill, Bill and his father are very different people, um, they have a very, uh, I mean, they have the same value system, right? Mm -hmm. And they have always um, led with that first. And, and it's part of my challenge is to continue that now that as we grow as to how to make sure we don't dilute our culture. But uh, it's been very intentional. Uh, at the same time, it's very simple. You know, it's just, it's about loving our employees. And, and our philosophy is that, uh, it's really our customer service philosophy, is that if we take care of our employees and we show them that we love them, um, we treat them how we want to be treated, then they'll do the same for our, for our clients. So. Talk to me about your faith journey, because you're, what God was doing in your life spiritually was, was going right alongside your career and these opportunities that were coming along. Talk about your faith journey a little bit. Yeah, I, um, you know, I grew up in a family that um, my, my father's family, were there were refugees um, during World War II from Yugoslavia, and they were Catholic. Um, but I really wasn't raised in a, in a church home, you know, with that kind of, I was raised in a home where uh, you know, the golden rule was important. You always did the right thing, those type of things. But I really didn't know, know God. And, um, but, but, you know, the topic here is influence. And I can look at people along the way that uh, he put in front of me uh, that got me to where I needed to be. And I was saved in, when I was 34. So, wow. yeah, so um, about 10 years ago. So a lot of that had to do even with, um, actually, ultimately through Lee Company, and my relationship with Bill, um, and you know, he lost his wife um, 
uh, through that whole process, you know, I just came to find that uh, I wanted the same thing, and uh, a lot, a lot of details in that. But, uh, but literally, you know, again, um, if I was headed the other direction, mm -hmm. um, you know, God would put Himself in front of me. I couldn't deny it. So, I think you just have to be open to, to seeing that. Yeah, and that's powerful, I think, because as we talk about even influence today, to think about. Bill Lee going through a difficult time, um, you know, losing his wife, but at the same time, God was using his influence even on you. And for us, we don't think about it a whole lot, but there are people watching us all the time and watching what we do. Um, and so just even the influence that we have when we don't even know it, yeah. I think that's powerful. Talk about that because today we're talking about how do you leverage your influence and you know, you recently named CEO, not just president, but now CEO of Lee Company. How do you leverage your influence in the platform that God's given you for his glory and not just, you know, make more money or, you know, more worldly success? How do you start to leverage that? Um, I mean, I think it's about, I think part of it's about your life goal. And, and if money is all that's important to you, then that's what you'll chase. Mm. Um, for us, and again, again, Bill's been a great spiritual mentor to me in this, is that, um, you know, we really believe that as leaders of our company, our number one primary, uh, our primary responsibility, and it's written in our mission statement, is to honor God in all that we do. Mm -hmm. And one of the ways that we do that, for me, for me it's real important um, that um, we create a place where our employees can thrive, which is another part of that mission statement. So I think that the way we do it, um, and what's most important to us is that you may not come to our company and stay for 40 years like a lot of our employees do, actually. Um, but if you come to our company and you leave better off than you were when you came, then we're meeting part of that mission. Mm -hmm. So, so some of it is, you know, some of it's kind of soft. It's, it's, it's not evangelism, uh, that type of influence, um, you know, in the workplace. But it is letting them know that we love them. Um, we have opportunities through that when they're um, in the toughest time of their lives to come to us, and they do often. Um, so that's just a way that we, uh, that's, just the, that's just the foundation that our businesses run on. Um, through that, profits come, and we have faith that they'll come, um, and allows us to obviously continue to influence um, for God. But, um, and we have to have budget meetings and things like that. You know, as some of my guys are out there probably watching this going, hey, yeah, we do talk about the numbers and we have to make the numbers. But we don't start with that. And, and we do believe that, um, and, and it's really the reason I came to Lee Company is I had worked for places that asked me to do things I wasn't comfortable with, um, weren't concerned about me and my welfare or my, my safety. And I do, just, I think that you can, I th do think that you can create a place where um, ethics still matter and people still matter, and people can come to work for long periods of time, and, and it's more than just a job. Wow. I love that, Richard, you know, because I do think a lot of companies, you, you lead with your stock price, you lead with, you know, the profits and the returns, and uh, you, you still have those pressures, but you guys have said, we're going to lead with what we do for our people. We're going to lead with the culture that we develop, and culture impacts everything, right? And so um, to see the company you guys have created it is a place that people want to be because they feel valued. And, uh, and, I, and I love that about you. Talk about how do you, how do you do that though with the demands of uh, your family, the demands of time, the demands of 
how do you how do you get it all done in the midst of all the demands on you? You know, it's not easy sometimes. So uh, I don't I don't know if there's a handbook on that. If there is, y'all let me know. But um, I think that um, I think that today, especially in today's time, you know, there are a lot of words and there's a lot of noise and these things. But actions speak louder than words. And I just I try to set my priorities and be true to them and be unapologetic about them. So um, from a priority standpoint, God is very important to me. Um, it is the most important thing to me. Uh, but it's also, and this may be a little bit of a reflection on how I was brought up in, in the church or, or, you know, with God, is that um, I have less of just set times that I'm focused there. I try to intertwine him in everything that I do and all the decisions that I make. Uh, so throughout the day, you know, he's ever present for me. Um, sometimes he kicks me when I need to be kicked, you know, things like that. Uh, when it comes to family, I'm, especially right now, I have teenagers, and um, I just don't, I don't do things like business uh, dinners because that's family time. Um, I don't do things on the weekend uh, that are business-related. So you, you have to be forceful, and there are two powerful words in the English language. One is yes and one is no, and I, sometimes I see us like we're, you know, we're in this battle for our time, and sometimes, you know, you have to say yes. You don't want to be that person that is non-committal to everything um, and takes the easy route. Otherwise, you don't generate influence. Um, but it's okay to use the shield, you know. It's okay to say, hey, hang on a minute. I've got too much going on, and um, I, I want to be that person that gives you 100%, 110% if I commit to something, and if I can't, then, then I'm going to sometimes reluctantly say no, but, but after I make that decision, there is no regret, you know, um, because I'm focused on my family and I'm focused on God. And, uh, that may be, I don't know if there's enough there for, to help people out, but I, to me, it's just about staying true to your priorities. Yeah. No, I think, I mean, I think that's huge. I mean, honestly, I think the biggest challenge for us as guys is there's a lot of demands on us, right? And we feel this pressure, this weight to try to meet everybody's needs, or at least I do, you know, and to come back to say, what are my priorities? And, and you know, you list out God first, your spouse second, kids third, and then your career. And I think for guys, a lot of times we just move that career up to the top and we don't have time for our families. Uh, and that's a tragedy. And so keeping those priorities lined up is how you keep the right frame of mind, the right balance even going forward. So. Yeah, and, and I would say, you know, it, it changes as, as your life progresses. I've had different seasons where mm. I've done that better and done that worse. But, uh, you know, for, for the guys in their 30s, I would, I would definitely, you know, just caution you um, as you're building your career um, that you can, you know, you can, you can be destructive if you're not careful by foc being focused on the wrong things, you know, mm. so. That's a good word. That's a good word. How do you, if you... For all of us, we're in different jobs, different careers, but how do we leverage that influence uh, for Christ? We know that starts in our personal relationship with God as we talk about priorities. We know it comes in our relationship in our marriage uh, and then with our kids, but how about at work? How do you leverage that? You've talked about creating a culture there, but how else do we leverage that influence in our workplace? That's a great question. I think, um, you know, I like the word intentional about everything. I think that, I think if you're not intentional, um, things just don't happen. So I do think there's this opportunity for each of us to look around our sphere of influence and say, how can I be an intentional about, um, about spreading influence? I have a, I have a high school friend, 
Um, he's not saved, you know, he's, he's on my intentional list. Um, but I got to do it in a loving way, right? Um, with our employees, you know, we do intentional things. We have a, we have a corporate chaplain now because, you know, I mean, Bill and I used to serve that role um, in a lot of ways, but when you have a thousand employees, you can't get to them all. So we have a corporate chaplain that, that, that's part of our intentional aspect. But the other word I like is, is effective. And to me, effectiveness comes from um, listening to what God's telling you to do and then following through. Um, so, so probably some of the more influential opportunities I've had is, is just listening, um, you know, just calming the noise long enough to listen to what God's telling me to do and then walking through the door, you know. Um, so I think that's equally as important. It's really how I got involved with JMI. Um, you know, I've never been involved in mission trips, even through my own tr- church, um, because just, you know, the, the normal aspects of mission trips, go out and build a hut, do all those things, you know, that, that you hear about. Um, no, there's more to it than that. But um, it just didn't seem to, to come to me. But JMI had this, op- this administrative opportunity to help orphans in Moldova. And my administrative skills, you know, that, that just was really apparent to me that I was being brought into that. So, mm. yeah, that's um, being open to that, I think, is, is key. Talk about your first, the first time you went to Moldova, you know, with Justice and Mercy International. You went with JMI. And talk about that and the impact it had on you, but also the call to come back and even leverage your influence, you know, for God's glory there. Um, yeah, that's, uh, you know, life-changing. Those are life-changing. And I... Um, I went to Moldova in, I think, February. There's four feet of snow on the ground. I mean, it couldn't have been a more bleak picture. Uh, seeing kids at, a, at a, an orphanage that looks like it was built in the 40s and, you know, had very little repair done since then and um, just their, their plight and what they were living with. Um, I, um, I don't know. I think that's probably one of the first times that I really understood um, my ability to influence uh, the kingdom through through my gifts and um, and those opportunities and and um, you know it's impactful to be able to you know to to look at a thousand employees and hope that you you know are doing great things that influence their lives. Um, it's impactful to to know that even if you help one child, whether it's in Moldova or Haiti or wherever, um, that it makes a difference for them. And uh, we all have that opportunity. You know, it looks, it looks like different, it's in different forms. For me, it's, you know, administrative gifts are one thing, but, you know, there were 10 different people on those trips, and they all had significant gifts of different uh, capacity. Um, so I think that's really what it's all about. I think it's amazing, Richard, you, when you came back and, and just to say, hey, I want to use my gifts for, for God's glory to impact these precious orphan children. And... Uh, you know, it was amazing how God just lines things up in his timing. And we were at that time as, as Rolling Hills as a church looking at buying a house there in, in, the, in Chisinau, the capital, to have a transitional living home for these kids. And God just put you at the right time, right? And so yeah. uh, it's amazing. I think we've got a picture. Just show this. This is the, the grace house that we were able to uh, buy. And so much of your generosity and uh, the things that Lee Company jumped in and were a part of and and to see that uh, house now functioning and all these kids being impacted, is, it's amazing. You know, and think about it halfway around the world. So it's pretty yeah, awesome. That is awesome. So, 
and, and even like some of the, some of the more, um, I think, influential things other than that is we were able to send some plumbers over yeah. and um, build some showers for, for the orphanage because um, they were in, in some bathrooms, they were in bad shape. And um, yeah, those things are, again, life-changing for, for me and for our employees and, of course, for those orphans. So. Yeah. And now you do a skeet shoot every year. And, uh, in that, yeah. Yeah. How's that been? That's been great. Uh, we have we've had a lot of um, we've had a lot of good times there, and, and done some good things for um, JMI through that. So yeah, we're if anybody wants to shoot skeet this year, that'll be coming up in August. Uh, so we'll try to get that out to you. But yeah, it's been a great event, and uh, we're, we're trying to figure out how we can continue to maximize that. I love the partnership with Lee Company, and I love your heartbeat and your passion. How, how would you encourage us to, to really leverage our influence? See, I mean, you did that really kind of on your own, but then you brought the company in on it. Um, you brought other people there, casting that vision. How do, how do you encourage us where we work uh, and what we do? Um, you know, I think the first thing is, is again, maybe spiritual, spiritual awareness around that topic and, and going, um, recognizing, first of all, that you have influence, regardless of your title or, or whatever you have. And, I, and I, have, I had it, you know, I've always had it. It's become apparent to me as my career and my title have changed that, you know, that I have more and that I can use it. But the reality is, is that we, we've always had it. And I have some of my technicians are some of the best um, some of the people understand that most. So, so it really doesn't matter, you know, where you stand in life or status or any of those kinds of things. Um, it's about self-awareness and, and the desire to, to do that, right? It's, it's about the desire not to leave church on Sunday, okay. you know, and wait till Sunday to, I mean, serving at church, obviously, um, is a great thing. But we have that opportunity during the week, right, with our families and with our businesses and ball teams or whatever we're doing. And... From there, it's about, I think, recognizing your gifts. And, and a lot of people don't like to acknowledge their gifts, you know, especially if they're humble people. Um, but God's empowered you with those gifts, and, and uh, you're doing him a disservice if you don't go out and, and really expand on those and, and use those for, for his good. Um, so, so awareness about the opportunity, awareness about the gifts, and then it's just about taking action on that. And, and, you know, it may just be you personally. It may be, for me, you know, the opportunity to bring in different resources in that situation. Uh, but some of the best examples I can give you are, um, you know, we play a lot of baseball. When, you're, when you have two teenage boys, you play a lot of baseball. And to um, I've worked with some great coaches, you know, people who are, um, again, again, in business may not be, um, may not have that kind of major influence that we're talking about with, with something like Grace House, but are impacting and influencing kids, you know, just by the way that they lead the ball team, mm -hmm. right? Um, people at work who have the same opportunity when they know a co coworker is struggling, um, sometimes it's just, it just takes a, the right heart to change that situation. Yeah. I love that because I think what you're saying, just even coming back to that word you used earlier, being intentional, and to think that we're not in our company or our business or home by accident. That God has us there for a reason and for a purpose. And it's more than just making money, right? It's more than just building our own kingdom. It's what can we do for his kingdom and for his glory. And so to be intentional about that, I think, is what you're, what you're summing up. You know? Right. Yeah. Exactly. So if you come back to those priorities, I love that. If, you know, your time with the Lord 
And then how do you intentionally at home in your marriage and then with your children, uh, talk about how you are intentionally raising your boys in the Lord. Yeah, that's, that's a great one because you know, one, one of the things that we were talking about is things like legacy and, and you know, that's probably my most important legacy, really. I don't, I don't get hung up on things like legacy too much. I think, I think pride can, you know, pride's a CEO killer for sure, right? Mm-hmm. Um, but the one legacy I do want to create is that, is that my kids um, grow up in a, in a godly home, mm-hmm. right? And so it's really, you know, it really starts even with some of the things that I was taught, the golden rule stuff. You know, uh, but from there it is about um, about their salvation and about equipping them with the tools for life. Um, and God's the most important tool. You know, it took me um, a long time to figure that out. But um, what I hope to do is that they'll, you know, have that sooner yeah. uh, than later. Just by the way that um, the the way that I help them, you know, lead their life in that direction. So um, so yeah. How's your home different today than the home you grew up in? Because you talked about growing up that, you know, your parents uh, were great parents, but they went through a divorce and you didn't really grow up going to church. How, how have you learned from that, but also now brought that into your home uh, in a positive way for, for Christ? Yeah, I, I mean, I think, um, yeah, my parents are great people, so uh, I... Um, it's not so much that I don't want to be like them or like that situation. I think we just all desire to, um, you know, take the opportunities to learn from from our parents in um, the good and the bad, mm-hmm. and and apply that. And um, so, um, you know, I'm very committed to my marriage because um, because of what happened to my parents. Um, I am uh, very committed to spending time with my kids because there is no uh, su- substitute for, for spending time with your kids. There just, there just isn't, you know. And uh, my father was a, kind of a workaholic. And um, so, I, you know, my work commands a lot, but um, I, just, I have to draw the line, and, and my kids are the most important thing uh, there. So, um, so I just, you know, I just, I just have to put that forward. So, um, and make that a priority. And, and I do have the mindset that, you know, if my work requires me to sacrifice any of those things, then I just won't be, I just won't be doing what I'm doing, right? I think that's powerful, you know? Because you've got to set those priorities, otherwise every, all the demands of work and everything else will eat you alive. And, uh, and I think if, you know, what I'm thankful for you is, is that you've done that, and you've done that well, and it's been reflected. Uh, not only in you, but in Lee Company and in our community. And, and I just want to say thank you for doing that. Um, so, and to encourage all of us, because if we don't, if we don't set those, then you know, our opportunity for influence goes away pretty quick. So, right. Yeah. So, speaking of that, we, we talked about this, but legacy, you mentioned that, and I love that phrase you used just a second ago. You said pride is a CEO killer. Uh, and, and pride is the mother of all sins, and every guy, we struggle with that. Um, but what do you want your legacy to be? What do you, at the end of the day, say, hope that people say about you, Richard Perko? Um, yeah, again, again, that's a little bit of a tough one because I don't, you know, I try not to, I'm not one for the limelight. Um, I, um, 
I think it's, I think it's just simple. I think it's, you know, um, for my kids, I want to be a good father. Um, for my wife, I want to be a good husband. And um, for, for Christ, I want to be a good and faithful servant. Mm-hmm. And um, I think if my uh, work creates some legacy um, that does exist down the road, then that it'll just reflect those values, you know? And, and that, that's really it. Yeah. Well, and I love too, when you, you talked about you've created a culture where your employees know that you love them, you know? And, and I think that's, that's legacy, you know? That's people going, man, I had, a, I had a great boss. I had somebody who believed in me. Uh, we all want somebody to believe in us, right? You know? And, uh, and I think so often men can get caught up in seeing people who work for them or with them as a means to an end, you know, whether it's success of the company or, or, or whatever the organization is. But you've done a great job at looking and saying, I want to invest in you as a person. And I want you to be better, you said this, right, when you leave here than when you were when you came here. And I think that's the spiritual dimension. I think that's the personal dimension. Uh, and so that's, that's influence and that's legacy. You know, I think that's powerful. Thank you. Yeah, yeah I, th- I mean, I think every individual, you know, as human beings, we have some of the same needs. Mm-hmm. We want to be loved. We want to be treated with respect. Um, we want to go to work. Um, and know that we made a difference, that there's some purpose to behind, you know, whether you're, whether you're a plumber or a pastor, you know, that there's um, meaning to your work. And, um, I mean, if we don't do those things, then, you know, what a, what a bad existence for all of us, right? Right. Yeah, and for all of us to think about the people around us today, you know, we're going to go to work here just a little bit. And uh, the influence that... Bill Lee had on you, you know, not just as a business, but as a person, you know, and in your faith. And for all of us, there's people all around us all the time. Uh, and how do we share the love of Christ and treat people with respect and love them and so that they go, wow, there is, there is a God and there is somebody who cares about me. Right. Yeah. You know? Give us two takeaways, Richard, two takeaways as we talk about leveraging your influence. What, would, what a couple of things that you would say to all of us? Um, uh, two takeaways. The first would be just don't underestimate your influence. I mean, mm. you, have, you have the influence, again, um, even if it's your wife if, or your child, if you stop there, you have the ability to change the world through those two people or one person. Um, but just don't underestimate your influence because I, I have continually done that um, through my career and through my life. And, um, you know, it's empowering to get to the point where you start to be intentional about uh, being effective with that influence, um, but, it, but it exists for everybody, you know, we just have to be aware of it, so that would be the first takeaway. Um, the second thing would be, um, you know, this is from Nike, not the Greek goddess, but from the, the shoe company, but just do it. Mm-hmm. A- after that, just do it. And I think, um, you know, it's funny because I think people talk about being bold in Christ, and, and um, you know, it's just weird to me that that just because you profess that you're a Christian, that seems to be bold anymore, um, because it's not. I mean, it's it's just what we should be doing. And um, but but back to the just do it part of that. We just need to be bold. We need to take action. And, and we have we have a we have a society now with just too many people on the sidelines, right? And um, it doesn't mean you have to go out and again, you know, commit every single minute to to. To that end, um, but it's the little things that matter. You know, it's the ball coaching and the 
and the taking on something that you normally wouldn't just because you're aware of that influence opportunity. Mm. I love that, you know, because you look back through history, it, God's used men to change the world, right? right. And, uh, and now it's our time. And we can look at all the limiting factors and we can say, well, it's in our culture or our government or just, you know, everything's changed. But, man, men were dying for Christ, you know. Right. And so, so we, by God's grace, live here in America. We, by God's grace, have opportunities through the Internet or through financially to do things that, you know, believers would have dreamed about. And, and we're going to be held accountable for that. We've, 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 we are called to be faithful. We're called to leverage that influence. And I love that. Just do it, you know. I mean, yeah, don't just right. get up and go run a mile. I mean, get up and live your life for Christ. It's powerful. So. Richard, thanks. We got some questions, I think. Jason, okay, I'll flip great. back to you. Are you okay to take a few questions? Sure, absolutely. Yeah, I had a few come in. Uh, we'll, we'll start off with a softball here, Richard, um, <laughs> and then uh, we can dive back in. But what are, you, what are some of your favorite things to do with your family um, here in town? Uh, do you say this, some of the favorite things? Favorite things to do with your family. Um, you know, we're, we're all about the outdoors, and so we do a lot of water sports and um, I'm not a golfer, I will admit that, but um, we, uh, we shoot, we hunt, um, play lots of sports, baseball, football, soccer, um, probably basketball this year. <laughs> We're going to try to hit them all, I think. Um, so yeah, we, we just do a lot. We spend a lot of time together and, you know, back to, back to priority and time management, I, I really kind of steered all my hobbies around my family, you know, because I just, I just don't have time to go do other things and really right now I don't have the desire to it's it's all about having fun with family well and I would say just to that too and I, and I love how you said that you you've changed all your hobbies to be around family because this time with kids goes so quick right yeah. and, and and I know we're tired when we get home from work and you know we've had pressure-packed days but you know everybody tells you when they retire everybody goes oh those are the golden years when you right. retire and then everybody who's retired that I talk to goes you're missing it. You're living the golden days. Right. You know, you're going to one day go, man, the house is so lonely and nobody's doing anything. And so take advantage of that. And, and I love how you, hey, we're going to be intentional and in changing my hobbies to make sure that I'm with, with the family and spending time together. Right. Uh, I, think, I think that's powerful. And I love when you, you go, went back and you talked about even the nights, you know, and not taking business dinner sometimes or even on weekends, um, protecting that. Because if you don't protect it, it's it's going to get eaten up. So yeah, yeah. And I, I mean, I do I do think it's a it's that whole you know actions are stronger than words, especially with your kids. You know, you you can tell your kids you're love, and they'll know that. I mean, but you know, there's there's just no substitute for time with your kids, mm -hmm. and um, you do have to protect it. And that time's very short. You know, as 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 most of the fathers here know, oh, yeah. it's very short. It goes very fast. Yeah, that's right. You spell love T I M E. Yeah, yeah that's exactly. Just, that's huge. It's great. That's good. Uh, here, here's a good one. So you, you mentioned a few times kind of um, building up and investing in your employees. Uh, what are some of the key characteristics you see in employees that signify they're ready to take on leadership roles at Lee Company? So what are some of the key characteristics that, uh, that signify somebody's ready for leadership? Yes, that's a great question because, um, you know, and it's one that we struggle with because we are a growing company and um, like any company, competency is important to us in those leadership roles. We, ha we just have to have great leaders from a competency perspective, but we, we just don't shortcut character. We hire for character, we promote based on character first, and um, you know, the combination of the two is important, so trying to figure out 
which employees have great character and the confidence to become a leader are, are important. And we do various things from testing to, um, you know, just peer, peer evaluations. I mean, it's, it's, uh, we run a gauntlet. Uh, for, for people to move to the next level, you know, it's not one, it's not a simple interview or, or anything. It's, it is a group of executives and senior managers coming together um, to really, you know, make sure we're hiring the right person. And we don't, or, or promoting the right person, we really don't always get it right, obviously. But, um, but making sure the character comes first is, is important um, and the competency, you know, is a close second. You, you, we've also failed in both directions. Hire a person with the right competency with the wrong character, and you're hiring somebody that's going to defeat your culture because they've got a different agenda and a different culture. Um, hire somebody with great character who's the nice guy. Um, lasts for a little while until, until your employees aren't empowered by that leadership, and they, they end up leaving because they see no future. So um, it's really a combination of both, and, and hopefully I answered that effectively. I think, it's, I think it's good. I mean, you talk about character, competency, and then probably chemistry, you know, how do they fit into that culture right. there. Uh, but you guys have done a great job. you got great people. Thank you. you know? I, was, I was at Lee Company the other day for JMI board meeting, and I was walking by, and you had this, you have a board outside of your offices with the pictures of people uh, who have been there the longest. And it, it was, I mean, people have been there like 30 years, and I mean, 40 years, and you've got these lines of pictures. And you know what I thought is, this company is saying what they value right, right here. You know, they're, they're not, they don't have just TV showing stock prices and everything. They have people. And, and they're saying, we value people who are a part of our culture. We value people who are invested in Lee Company. So, you know, your building communicates. I think everything communicates. But I thought that was a great indication of what you value. Yeah, I, I appreciate that. Now, I'll just add to that. You know, we're, we're at the size now where we need some corporate level professionals in our company. So, so that's probably been our biggest struggle is going out and hiring from, you know, the, the larger companies who don't have the same value set um, and, and then trying to integrate people into the company. Um, however, we have also seen uh, some people that share our value system um, within large corporations that have actually moved to, to us, a smaller company, maybe even sometimes with, with less, you know, financial benefits. Um, for the sake of culture, and that's been that's been great, and, it, and it's part of our you know our headquarters planning and things like that is to create a place for for folks like that as well. Well, that that's awesome. But you create that place; people want to be there, right? right? You know, and we have the opportunity to create that in our departments or in our in our companies and the places. And so that's what you want. That's what you want. You've done a good job. Thank you. Yeah, it's great. Yeah, I think we got, we got time for one more here. Um, so we've talked a lot about uh, JMI and, and mission trips and some uh, bigger picture stuff. How has volunteering in this capacity helped shape your view or maybe changed your view on leadership? Um, you know, I think the first thing is that, um, you know, it goes back to some of the comments I made, but just I think going to Moldova, the first, it was the first trip I went on, um, international trip I went on, was uh, eye-opening for me and my ability to influence that outcome. Mm. You know, I really kind of went um, mainly because somebody asked me to go um, that needed my help, and um, I didn't have I didn't have these grand expectations about what would come out of that. Um, but when you come back from something like that, I think that you're just you know you're forced to 
confront your opportunity to help that situation, mm-hmm. right? And, and, and again, that actually exists for us every day in our workplace and things like that. We just walk past those things, or at least I do. I did a lot was to walk past those things. So from a leadership perspective, I think it's just made me much more aware of my ability to influence whoever I'm around. Um, I, think it's, I think it's really uh, one of those things also that um, just helps you understand what you're capable of, you know? I mean, to, to take a handful of people and, and, you know, it's a lot more than that as far as financial support and all the people that go over there. But, I mean, you know, to see, it, to see a child, which I've been able to do now because I've been involved that long, to see a child that's, you know, maybe seven or eight years old in an orphanage with no hope, um, you know, get to 16, 17, 18, and, and you know, we have one here that's uh, going to Lipscomb University now. I mean, um, and then going back and sharing the gospel and improving the lives of people. I mean, it's, it's profound. And, and again, you know, it, we can do that here, um, and, and, but, but we tend to walk by it. There's, there's all kinds of reasons socially why we walk by it here. I think we take, you know, our society we take for granted. But when you're in Moldova and Haiti specifically, the other two places I've been, um, and it's just staring you in the face. I mean, the need is so great, and um, you just can't deny it, right? Wow. Well, Richard, this has been great. Thank you. Thanks. And, and uh, I just I love that. I keep coming back to that word you've said, intentional. And as we talk about leveraging influence, being intentional, you know, in your, in your time with God, right? And then with your spouse, with your children, and then with your career and to leverage that influence. And I love, and I just want to thank you, you know, publicly just for your impact on uh, Justice Mercy International and the impact on so many kids and your friendship and partnership, just even in our community and the difference you're making at Lee Company. And we're proud of you. You know, we're thankful for Thank you. you. And just know you've got a bunch that. of guys praying for you and cheering you yeah, on. Yeah, that's awesome. So, I need that for sure. Yeah. I appreciate that yeah. for sure. So, and guys, thanks over there at Bricks. I hope you've had a great morning over there. Matt Burhart, thank you for setting everything up. And down at Flavor Catering, Jason Crockwell, you're amazing, in downtown Nashville. And so I'm going to pray for us as we kind of close our time. And then, Jason, you've got a couple things I think you want to say. So let's pray together, guys. Father, thank you for this morning, God. Thank you for Richard. Thank you, Father, for just the way you're using him for your glory, God. Thank you for Lee Company and for the thousand um, people who work there, God. We pray a blessing on them and on their families, God, and continue to use them in a great way in our community. And I pray for all of us, Father, just here at Men's Leadership Network. I pray, Father, for the guys that are here in Franklin and guys in Cool Springs and downtown Nashville. I pray, Father, that you would speak to us, that you would anoint us with your Holy Spirit, God, that you would send us out into our community, into our family, Father, for your name and for your glory, God. And let us leverage our influence, God, as small or as big, God, as you give us, but let us leverage it for your name, God. Let us make a difference. Don't let us miss this time in life, God, but let us be intentional in our homes, God, in our workplaces for you. We love you, Jesus. Thank you so much for this morning. In your name we pray, amen. Amen. Yeah, thanks, Richard. Thanks, Jeff. Richard, great hearing what, you, what you're doing in the community, and thank you for all, uh, uh, all you're doing. So please uh, make sure and make a point to be here next week. We'll have Matt Largen, the president of the Williamson County Chamber, with us um, and uh, come with your questions about the future of Williamson County. So thank you all for being here, and we'll see you next week.